All right. All right. Well, welcome everybody. My name is Tom Miller and I'm here with, with some of our exceptional children, uh, directors and uh, teachers and principals from across the state and maybe even across the country. I don't know. Maybe we got some folks from out of North Carolina here. And this is our weekly collaborative call. And I got my partner, Katie Ridenauer, is with me. And our, our uh, strategic partner in North Carolina, Rhonda Dillingham from the North Carolina Association for Public Charter Schools. So Rhonda, hope you're doing well. We also got Tracy Riddle is going to be helping us out from Acadia, who's got some really important stuff that she's going to share uh, with us. So if this is your first time on one of our weekly calls, welcome. And uh, the goal of this call is to unite and to inform and to uh, collaborate and to help you get the best ideas, understandings and practices, what are happening across the state. Um, we have a... Um, a resource webpage on our website that I'll put up here in the chat box in the corner. And there's also a Google Drive where there's a folder available to you. Probably should have came if you signed, uh, when you signed up. And that's where we've been storing all of our resources. So what Tracy's gonna share with us, PowerPoint will be in there and everything that we've had over the last uh, three or four weeks now. I think this is, I can't remember if this is our fourth call or our third call, maybe our fourth call. Uh, but this is great. It's been a great opportunity to hear the uh, successful parts that are happening strategies across the state and what we're learning. So I'm going to start real quick with last week we learned about the law of the scoreboard. So how's your scoreboard? What did, what's a win? Someone give me some wins for the week. You can either put your win in the chat box, you know, one thing that went well for you in the past week. It does or does not have to do with school. It could just be personal like me, like maybe I shave, you know, maybe I shave by next week. We'll see. That'll be a win, um, or maybe something you reached out to a parent and you were able to get them locked into a program or find out you know, why they were not participating. Um, so I'll, I'll be quiet for some time if anybody wants to hop in and uh, tell us one good thing that happened last week or something you learned. Could be anybody. I'll go. I'm here from Tillery Charter Academy, Teresa Harrison as the principal. I don't know if Emily's on, but our students, our EC students are just about to start their teletherapy, which is wonderful because they've kind of, um, there was a little halt there with trying to figure everything out. So they're getting on board with all that. So that's good news for us. That's great. And, and for our the, students. Is it with the same company that you were using to do all your related services uh, yes. prior? Mm -hmm. Oh, fantastic. Yep. Good. So, so, you have the, so they're excited about that. Maintain relationships. That's great. Awesome. Tell us where uh, Tillery uh, Charter is, because everybody might not know. Tillery Charter is in Visco, North Carolina, so Montgomery County, so west of like Moore County. Cool. And you're the only charter in that county, correct? We're the only charter school in that county, yes. I love it. Thank you. Yep. Sure. We're ending year one on an interesting year one. What yeah, a story. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> when you open up your time vault 20 years from now, yep. they see some note about COVID-19. No one's going to know it. We'll have a story perfect. to tell. Yep. You will. All right. Perfect. Who else wants to share a positive from last week? Something on your scoreboard that got you moving? Uh, I just want to say that it was spring break last week and uh, that was fabulous. Perfect. I know that's probably not what you were looking, of, looking for, but like I really needed that. <laughs> it's exactly what I'm looking for, Angie. What's the school you're from? Remind us. Fifteen Delaney. Excellent. Friends. Oh, that, yeah. Well, I was just talking about you. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, that's a big part of this because if you're not learning that each day, and that's how I'm going to end this call today, is to really talk about today matters and how you take care of yourself today is going to impact how you are tomorrow. So if you are not taking the time to unplug 
and refresh uh, the batteries, then uh, you are not only doing yourself and your own family a disservice, but obviously the students uh, that you serve. So take the time every day uh, to get out from in front of your screen and out of the work and do something that fills your heart. Otherwise, all work and no play might make you a dull human being. Right, Brandy? Brandy's never dull, so that would be impossible, Brandy Sims. How are you guys at Clover Garden doing? We're doing great, Tom. I would just like to share one of um, our, our happy moments from last week, and we received the COVID-19 supplemental funds. Oh, rock on. There you go. Perfect. And was that a hard – so those were from the state, like your state funds came through? Yes, sir. Great. Okay, perfect. Well, that's, that's good to hear that those are starting to come through. All right. Perfect. Anybody else have a win? So, so far on our school board, we've, we've got money, right? Money's going to help us. We've got uh, uh, recuperating ourselves and we've got um, related services so we can provide services to our students being a provider. That's all very important law of the scoreboard information because if we're not tracking what's important, we won't be able to know whether it's not working or improve what we have to improve on. Any more? One more win out there? All right. Well, perfect. Well, I'm going to turn it over to, uh, I think Rhonda's next, right? On our, on our mock agenda here. Someone help me out, Katie. Keep me going straight. So Rhonda's That's going right. To it's Rhonda. Katie, how are you doing? What was your win for the week before we bring Rhonda in? You haven't spoke yet. Oh, you know what? We're just moving things forward. It, it, it's been really amazing that during this time, I think we've been busier than ever, you know, <laughs> even though we're not leaving our homes, but we're doing all sorts of things to, to build our services to customers. And I have a grant due next week, so that's been big on my mind, but it's making progress. So, mm -hmm. um, so I think the big win is that things are still rolling, even though I'm not moving anywhere, just within my house. Right, right. Well, and it's important. Do the, do the important things first, right? Make sure you're still scheduling your prioritize, or scheduling your priorities and prioritizing your schedule is a critical part of uh, the whole working from home atmosphere because we're about a month in. So what habits do you want coming out of this? Because <laughs> you will form some habits on the way out. And if you don't do the little things every day, the little things will certainly pile up. So. Okay, Rhonda Dillingham, why don't you, Rhonda wants to share some really important information she's been uh, tracking uh, to help you better serve your community and serve your school. So Rhonda Dillingham from the Association. Hey everybody, Rhonda Dillingham, Executive Director of the North Carolina Association for Public Charter Schools. I never say that in one breath. <laughs> um, yeah, I am always on the lookout for you to find new resources and um, ways to make your jobs easier and this week I discovered two webinars I wanted to share with you one will be tomorrow from three to four and it is practical strategies tips and tools to manage your students privacy and security and the other is Friday from 1230 to 130 and it is advice and resources about how to move speech and language practice to virtual platform. And those are both offered through Educating All Learners. And I just put the website in the chat box for you. You can uh, RSVP to sign up for both of those at educatingalllearners.org. 
the other thing I wanted to share my win is it's very difficult in these days to connect with legislators because for one thing they're not in session and even if they were they're not going to be in Raleigh because of the social distancing issue so I felt like it really was um, a huge win that tomorrow on our weekly call we'll have Representative Craig Horn and Representative Ashton Clemens joining our weekly call at one o'clock and they are on the House Select Committee for COVID-19 Education Working Group. They were excited about joining the call because they want to hear from the field about the ways your schools have been impacted by the current pandemic as well as you know how has that affected your budget your operations and they are interested in learning about what your needs are going into the 2020-2021 school year so I invite all of you to join us on the call tomorrow if you can at one o'clock. And uh, I think it'll be really helpful for them to hear from you so that it will inform the work that they're doing in that group. The session for the legislators begins on April 28th and they're gonna take this information and it will turn into bills and action in the General Assembly. So everyone, if you can, this is a really important call. Join us. Hey, Rhonda, why, why don't you make sure you put the link in the, um, in the corner in case uh, folks did not get it. Since it's a different link than our normal Thursday at one, I wanna make sure everybody has, has it for this week. Okay, I'll do that, thanks. Yeah, and I think there was a way uh, on that link to send uh, questions even maybe, um, or, or information. So if you haven't met Rhonda, um, please be sure that you reach out to her and tell her, number one, the great things that are happening at your school, uh, because her organization um, is uh, sending out um, notices and positives uh, to uh, promote the work that public charter schools are doing, because um, as you know, sometimes in the media, the only report that gets sent out is charter schools don't serve all students. And we all know that that's 100% untrue. And so all the great things that you're doing, how to serve the innovative ways, uh, you know, reach out to Rhonda and um, she, will, she will be putting that on uh, the association's webpage, which has a really great um, uh, impact and uh, brand width. And Tom, I'm glad you mentioned that. One quick thing. Last week, I sent out a sample template for press releases that schools can use to send positive stories to the media. So if, um, if you need that, I can share it with you again, but uh, it's really easy. It's just a fill in the blank kind of thing. And then you can send it to your local newspaper and let them know that even through this crisis, this pandemic, you're still serving students and you're doing it in a way that is impactful and engaging for those students. Yeah, awesome. I love it. All right, Rhonda, anything else? That's it. Thanks. Rhonda, aren't you proud of your uh, head of school there doing such a great job at Tillery? Of course. Nice. Rhonda's be on the call tomorrow. Yeah, Rhonda's a board member. And I see Steve Gay just added down in the corner. This would be cool. If you haven't heard Todd uh, Whitaker 
Uh, NC Papa is sponsoring Wednesdays with Todd Whitaker at 11 a.m., I would assume, Steve. And, um, and so there's a way to sign up uh, down there. And uh, Whitaker's great. I was just going back through my notes last time I heard him talk. He's got some great, great resources and great ideas. Awesome. So I want to bring in uh, Tracy Riddle from Acadia. So uh, Tracy, if you want to take the screen over, and uh, Tracy thought it'd be very important. Uh, most of you uh, may know, and maybe you're about to learn this as a shock, but I guess the grant system or whatever the state has is being shut down in a couple of weeks. So you need to start um, archiving everything that you've ever done. What a, the, what a surprise, two years in a row, to have to do these that, uh, type of work. So uh, Tracy, I will give you uh, the floor. Make sure you introduce who you are and the organization uh, that you're with, so. Sure, thanks Tom. Just trying to figure out how to do this on my cell phone since my computer doesn't have audio. So I'm Tracy Riddle. I am the EC consultant with Acadia North Star. Um, I'm housed in the Raleigh office, but I work with all the Acadia North Star charter school clients. Uh, I help support their exceptional children's needs. Um, and I try to stay as abreast with what's going on as I possibly can. So um, a couple things I just wanted to do today. Um, and listen, can everybody, um, Tom, can you give me a thumbs up if you can hear me? Okay, good. And can you see my screen? Yes, we can um, see your screen. We can hear you perfect. very well. You're rocking it. Perfect. Okay. So it's important that we save our previous grants. Now, it's up to you how many years you save. Um, I have for Arcadia North Star Charter School clients, I've saved three years, uh, 1920, 1819, and 1718. Um, so I'm going to just quickly go through in case you're not in Acadia. Uh, North Star client. I'm just going to go through quickly how we can um, save these grants. So you all know the grant address. If you don't, I will put it in the chat box at the end of my presentation. But you're going to log in to the IDEA um, grant application. Uh, I've got a, a little arrow here that shows where the login is. This is what your screen should look like. You're going to put in your username. For charters, it's CHT, your charter school number. For example, um, Aristotle is, not, is 60N and then DIR. Some of you are uh, single users, so you might be your charter, CHT, your charter school number, and DIR or SUP, but you should know what your username is and then your password. Some people never change their password, so it's still password. Some people um, reset their password and it's grants 2018 or grants 2019 or capital E, C grants 2018, or it could be the newest, which was, oh, let's see. E, capital E, C, G, 2019, exclamation mark. But anyway, you should know your user ID. Now, um, when you log in, this is what you're gonna see. Now, um, I've covered up the charter school name, <laughs> but you're gonna go, you're gonna get to the 1920. So um, see here where it says 1920. You're gonna go here to your charter school name under applications and you're gonna click on that. And here you are. This is the 
menu page. So you're going to see 611 and 619. I'd like to start with 611 because it's the bigger grant. So here is what you're going to see on the main menu page. And you see across the top where I circled options, you're going to click on options. And what you're going to see is some boxes here where I've got it um, in a red rectangle. And you're going to click on those things that you need. So typically, we don't save the information because that's the same information that you're going to see in the new grant, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But you probably want to save maintenance of fiscal effort. But just so you know, if you're an Acadia North Star Charter School client, I have five years of MOE data already saved. You want to probably save your nonprofit. That's where you put your planning allotment. And your coordinated early intervening services is usually NA. So it's up to you whether you save that or not. The assurances. You can save the assurances, but you don't have to. I have saved them for all our clients. And then you want to go to part four and you want to save your public notice and your project narrative. And then across the top, right here where it's in yellow, you want to press print and then click OK. All right. And then it's going to take a minute to open and then it's going to actually open the document. And when it says OK to send to printer, you're going to hit cancel. You do not want to send it to the printer. It's going to print 25 to 28 pages. So you do not want to click print, but you do want to click cancel. And then you want to right click and you want to save as. Of course, it's not going to do it in the PowerPoint presentation, but you're going to save. You're going to save it. And I save it as the file. So I might name it. Um, I just did one for Excelsior 32. Um, 32R, and then I put 2019-20, and then I save it. Now, it's in a web page, and I'm going to show you in a little bit how to change that from a web page to a PDF file. So here, once you have um, saved your 611 grant, I know on the PowerPoint it says save your 2018-19 and 2017-18 grant. And you can do that, but because we're going to go to um, another grant year, my recommendation would be wait and do the 619. And that's the next page. So I'm just going to show you that. Oh, hey, sorry. Uh, Tracy? Yeah. Why is this important? It's important because you have no way to go back to the grant um, and check it. So on May 15th, when they close down the current IDEA grant application, it's gone for good. Yes. And one of the reasons that they're closing it is because it's on a Lotus uh, platform. It, it was created in 2004, so it's very old and it's yes. time to replace. And so the reason this is important is just so you have that data, but thank you, Tom, for asking. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's a really important just like understanding, right? So don't, don't uh, procrastinate if you haven't done this yet no. because they will no, because not be they, able to go back to it. Lotus doesn't even, it, wasn't that a car? I, I, Lotus, I don't even know what that was. <laughs> no, it's a platform, but it's an old platform. So then if you, um, if you let me just go back one. Um, in order to save it, you want to open the file that's in a Chrome platform or file type, and you want to convert it to Adobe. And then you want to save as, and then you want to save in the Adobe file in the appropriate 
file that you have, okay? But I usually do that at the end. So now I'm in the same grant application. I'm in 2019-20. I was on the main menu, and I'm gonna just scan back very quickly. Okay, so when you click here, you see you've got the two grant choices. When you're here, after you save your document, you're gonna to go to exit, and it's gonna take you back to the 619. So then you can just click on the 619, okay? So I'm just gonna go back forward. I know I'm making you dizzy, and I apologize. So we're gonna go into the 619 grant, and we're gonna do almost exactly the same thing. We're gonna click on options. We're gonna choose those things we want. The project approval statistical data is gonna show you what your um, planning allotment was. The debarment assurances, again, you can save these. You don't absolutely have to, but I've saved them. And then your use of funds. And then click OK. When the, when the document comes up, click Cancel. And then Save As. Again, I save it as a web page. And then I convert it to a PDF. At that point in time, you've got the 2019 20, 611, and 619 grant saved. Then you want to go to 2018 19 and do the exact same thing with the grant applications. And then when you're in the 2018 19 grant, you're going to hit exit and you're going to come back to this page and you're going to go to the 17 18 grant and you're going to do the exact same thing. Then you're going to convert to PDF, save it as a PDF, and then put it in the appropriate file. Now, in 2017, there were only 30 schools, charter schools, that applied for 619, I did a 619 application, which is PRC 049 funding. So you may not have a grant, a 619 grant in 1718. That was the very first year that the Department of Public Instruction Exceptional Children's Division said that you could, the charter schools could apply for these funds. So I've just put the names of those schools on in case you're curious whether or not you were one of those schools. So very quickly, um, I'm gonna look in the chat box. Does anybody have questions? You know, I was just letting everybody know that um, in on that link at the very, top or bottom, wherever you're at. Um, if you go to that ECT collaborative um, webpage, uh, we have the drive is linked right there. It says Google folder access, click on exceptional children's folder uh, right on that page, which is above the old archives. Um, that's where you'll get to it. And uh, Tracy's uh, PowerPoint is right in there. So I'm what other questions does everybody have? Tracy kind of went through that kind of fast, so that's why I was trying to slow you down, Tracy. I wasn't trying to get you off track. I well, I know I, I know I didn't have a lot of minutes. <laughs> You're fine. But it is such an important piece, right? And really, stuff like that should be happening every year because you can never count on things, you know, staying uh, the same and in uh, succession planning as well, making sure that, you know, things are, you know, kept and organized for the next leaders as you guys grow. Um, and then you could actually teach other uh, people how to do it, which would be fantastic. That's called empowering. It's not called delegating. That's true. That's true. I'm, I'm happy to help anybody. 
but you can look on the PowerPoint that, that, that Tom's put into the, um, the Zoom meeting and see the steps very slowly. There's also, if you go into the notes page, there's little brief notes from me. So feel free to use that if you need to. Yeah. And then uh, Tracy's going to add a couple of resources, including her contact information into yes, I will. Uh, the chat box. Hey, Tracy, can, can you, uh, you know, what else have you been hearing? Anything else from a statewide perspective on um, serving or, or, um, or anything like that? Serving well, students? Sure. Um, for those people who weren't on the calls previously, you know that the April 1 headcount, we're not doing it. The LEAs are not doing the, I'm sorry, the public school units are not doing it. They're going to use an algorithm and figure out what that April 1 headcount will look like for um, the state EC Exceptional Children's funding. Mm -hmm. Also, that means that it's very important that in the beginning of the school year that we do the EC headcount transfer system for any new students with disabilities that enroll in your charter school. And that is something that I can help you do, but it is critically important, especially for our brand new charter schools for 2020-21. But for all our charter schools, it's critically important to get that additional funding because it's additional funding in both state and federal. And that's a and that's a time certain situation, isn't it, Tracy? Yes, Remind, it like, is. isn't it? Yeah. What's the yeah. timeline from like when yes, they, it's when the they first, arrive? It's the it's the you, you have to do it within the first sixty instructional days, and then the system goes down. Mm -hmm. But for charters, for new schools, they like to see it by September tenth, and then if you've had any additional students enroll, uh, October tenth. So you want to do that within the first 60 instructional days. Typically, the first submission will be September because typically the exceptional children's the, uh, EC headcount transfer system doesn't open up until about September 1. So, but it is time sensitive and it's really fairly easy to do. Um, of course, I have a presentation on it. So, <laughs> yeah. all right. So can I go to the next one quickly? Yeah, oh yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, go please. Okay, so there is a new grant application system that will be starting um, for the 2021 school year. It's not quite completed, um, but it will be. So let me just go on here. All right, so training will be provided, but because of COVID-19, I'm not sure what that's gonna look like. Originally, they were looking at May, the May regional meetings having some training, and then again in the summer. Uh, when I talked to Amanda Bird, she said that they may still have a virtual May meeting, but that she is anticipating that the new grant application training will be done virtually. The good news is that district grants will have the same system and processes and screen design for all their grants. So the CCIP grant, the CTE grant, the Safe Schools grant, and now the IDEA grants. And the other good news is that both Rebecca and I are familiar with the CCIP grants and how they go, how, how the process is, so we can certainly help you. And um, Rebecca is available to do your grants if you need help doing them. She, you can contract with Rebecca through Acadia to do your IDEA 611 and 619 grants. So 
only users that have IDEA roles will be able to access and work in the grant application system. So just like it is now, your EC coordinator, your superintendent, those will probably be the people that have access. And even though the old grant system had like a help section, this grant system will have a resource library and it'll have an address book for all the district users, which will be helpful for someone like myself. This is what it's gonna look like. So those of you that have done the CCIP are very familiar with this uh, homepage. And I've circled this area because here is where you click on funding. As you can see, this is what they used to demo and they've got an organization name in there. So your organization name would be uh, Chatham Charter or Francis Delaney or Clover, Clover Gardens, who's ever on the call, that's what you would see there. So once you click into the funding application, it's gonna be very easy access, which you'll see on the next slide. And beginning with the 2020-21 IDEA grant, all the versions and all the fiscal years will be accessible in the new grant system beginning 2021. So you can see how important it is for you to save some of your older grants if you want that historical uh, data. So once you click on the funding application, so remember where my error was on the first slide, here's the funding applications, and look, IDEA, right under consolidated. So consolidated is the CCIP application, and you can see there's a McKinty-Vinto, and then Safe Schools. But what we're concentrating on right now is IDEA. So this is the fund applications once you click on it, and then you're gonna click on IDEA. So this is from the March Institute. I just tweaked it a little bit to make it more visually appealing. But the 611 and the 619 will be in the same funding application, which you'll see on the next slide. They'll be submitted together, reviewed together, and they'll have the same approval workflow. So that's good news. When you go to the grant main page section, you'll see links to all the pages. You'll see messages for errors or missing information. You'll see where you can print. You'll see any workflow status changes. You'll see a change log and you'll be able to add and review comments. So I'm gonna show you that on the next page. So here you go. Here is the IDEA 619 and 611 grant. This is what it's supposed to look like. Here's 611. There you go, very, very similar process to what it was before. Here's 619. Again, very, very similar process to what it's like before. Here would be your validation, your messages, if you had any errors, and you can see it's on maintenance of fiscal effort, um, the narrative, and the public notice. Those are the key areas that we usually see comments. Here you go, this draft has been started. When it's been completed, you can change the status to draft completed. So it's a really easy flow, as you can see. Uh, pages will have similar out, out layouts and functionality as in the current IDEA grant system, which you'll see on the next page. Some information will be preloaded as it is now, the past MOE expenditures and the December 1, 2019 child count. And then the grant system will do some calculations such as the per child MOE, MOE expenditures, MOE budget. Also, if we did private school proportionate share, it also calculates that, but we as charter schools don't do that. 
Okay, so here you can see maintenance of fiscal effort. This is what it's gonna look like. Very, very, very similar to what it looks like now. Here are your exceptions. They're, this is cut off, but they're all, all that information is there. So the process really doesn't look very much different than it did before. What they say is that the text field will allow more formatting and flexibility. Just like before, you'll be able to copy and paste from Word and Excel. That's why if you saved your 20, your 2019-20 grant and you liked what you said in it, you can copy and paste it into the new grant and then tweak whatever you want to tweak. You can have bullets and, and numbering instead of whole sentences. This is critical because really you want to keep it simple. You don't want to make it too cumbersome for the reviewers. Spell check is available, and I know for myself this is important, and for many of our charters, this is important. Um, you are able to insert links to web pages. Any required fields are marked with an asterisk, but it's hard to see, so I'm going to point that out. The best part is the save and go to button, because you'll save it, and then you'll go to whatever page you want to go to, which makes me very excited. So here you go, here is the narrative, okay? Here's a general description of the LEA. You're gonna put in the number of schools, the number of exceptional children, students that were on December 2019 headcount, which is on the MOE page already preloaded, socioeconomic static with status within the last two years, building accessibility. You're just putting data in there. It's making it very easier, easy. In the grant, there's fields for dates, which will have a calendar selector, which is nice, although we still make mistakes with the year. And documents can be loaded and indicated as being required or optional, as I'll show on this page. So this is the public notice page. You're putting weekly newspaper, what it was, and then here is the calendar, which you can use. You can clear it and put another date in if you need to. And then here's where you can upload. Now, if you look, that's an asterisk. This is an asterisk. So you'll, this is an asterisk, but it's hard to see. So just know that the, anything that's required will have an asterisk and it's on the left-hand side. Now, this is critical. So the budget information from the 611, PRC 60, and 619, PRC 049, will be pulled in from the budget and amendment system and then displayed in the grid. So you're not actually putting, you know how in the grant you put use of funds and you put what it was for. Now you're gonna let your um, account executive at Acadia or your finance officer know how you want that money spent they're gonna go into the budget and amendment system, or in our case, we go into school link, and then it uploads into the budget and amendment system, and then it'll be pulled into the grant, which is really a nice feature. Now, keep in mind that the grant application probably will not be due until mid to end of the summer. Therefore, all the planning allotments should be ready and all the indirect cost information should already be loaded into the budget and amendment system. Therefore, we won't have situations where we um, create a budget for, uh, for 060 or 049 and it bounces back because the indirect costs weren't, av weren't available. So this is good news, but it's important that you communicate with whomever puts your information into the budget and amendment system on how you wanna spend that money.
I hope that makes sense. And I know there'll be questions at the end, which I will answer. And then this is important for those of you that are charter schools, which is all of you, you didn't have to do this section, but for the traditional public school units, they had to do personnel and service delivery information right in the grant. Well, this is gonna be removed from the 619 grant and it'll be submitted as an end of your update. But this section of the grant is not something that the charter schools did because this section of the grant was for um, children three to preschool five. The other exciting news is Risk Pool is a federal grant application. So Risk Pool is also included in the IDEA grant application system. Woohoo! I'm raising the roof. Anyway, as you can see, you're gonna add students by their power school number. And then, so this is where you're gonna put the students. And then you're gonna find students by their power school number. And then- Hey Tracy, can, yeah. can, you, just, can you just remind everybody, not everybody might not know what risk oh, funds are. Sure, who, I'm so sorry. So, sure. So risk pool, the risk pool application is for students that have extraordinary needs. And it's typically the year after they enroll because the year of enrollment, if they have extraordinary needs, you can apply for state, special state reserve funds. But then the following year, if their needs are so still so significant, you can apply for risk pool application, okay? And I'm gonna show you um, on the next page what that application looks like. And it looks pretty much like the paper copy. But here you go, you've got risk pool student applications, any student updates, end of year, any changes, and then any related documents. So you can actually attach anything that might be um, critically important about this particular child. And those, and, two, is, and those two are on like a time certain, right, Tracy? Like you have to get those in pretty quick because that, that money sure. runs out? Sure, so yeah. special state reserve, that's state funding that's available the first year students enroll. You have to complete that application within 60 days of enrollment. Mm. Different than 60 instructional days for the uh, children with disability head account transfer system. This is 60 days from enrollment. Mm. Now, risk pool, traditionally, you know, stuff happens, but traditionally this is due September 30th of the school year. So September 30th, 2020. Now, that could change because, you know, with Matthew, they extended the application, um, you know, with COVID-19, who knows? But yeah, this typically is available July 1, and it needs to be submitted by September 30th. But you can see it asks for students' information, power school information, if they received risk pool funds last year. They can receive risk, students can receive risk pool funds for up to five years. Doesn't have to be five consecutive years. It could be, you know, one year they needed it, the next year they didn't, the following year they did. It just, they can get it for up to five years. And then if you've submitted any other funding application, the child's personal needs, and then the child's personal needs, this is the rubric that you have to score at least eight points. A student has to score at least eight points to be considered for risk pool funding. So none of the application has changed. It's just in a different platform. <clears throat> so please feel free to take a look at that um, presentation. I did not make any changes from the March Institute 
information that was in there, I just formatted it a little bit differently. So I thought it made more sense to people. Awesome. Thank you, Tracy. What uh, questions does everybody have? And if it's okay, Tracy, I'm going to um, stop the sharing screen on yours, if that's cool. Tracy, um, I'm wondering, this is Angie Reardon, I'm wondering if um, you, for the Acadia schools, are you going to be sending the grants that you saved or should we go through that saving process ourselves? No, uh, just, I haven't saved all of them. I'm doing them alphabetically. And yeah. once you get a system, you're like, oh, this makes sense. So now I, I've gotten where I go into, you know, one year, do both, the next year, do both, and then the third year. So as soon as I get them finished, <clears throat> I figured I'd wait until everybody was back. But if you contact me and say, can you please send them? I'll certainly send them. And they're saved in a PDF file. Okay, great. Thank you. You're welcome. Who else has a question for Tracy about either the two grants or anything else about finance support? Can you guys see my screen right now? The uh, playing in picture or no? Let's see, am I doing this right? You guys see uh, two folks with a bomb? Yes. All right. Yes. So you might be asking, why would we have Tracy talk about this now? Here we go. Let's see if this hopefully works for you guys in a nice way. Have you isolated the red wire that's wrapped around the yellow wire? Yeah. Should we cut that one? No, don't cut it yet. How much time is left? Less than a minute. Can we speed this up a little bit? Absolutely. Is there some kind of digital keypad for entering numbers? Ten, or nine, eight. Wait a minute. Uh, we really don't have a minute. No, look at these numbers. Minutes, seconds. Days. This bomb is set to go off in a thousand days? Uh, hey. What, what happened? I guess this isn't really an emergency anymore. All right. Thank you so much. Sorry to bother you. Uh, but don't you want us to come get the... <sighs> that was great. <laughs> Why don't we get some ice cream? That was funny, Tom. <laughs> they decorated it. Procrastination. <laughs> What are you putting off that's eventually gonna blow up in your face? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's why. You just never know <laughs> until it gets too late. So, um, it's important that everything you can tackle right now, tackle it. Everything you can teach someone else right now, do it, right? Because the more you wait, um, we're going to get an announcement in the probably next you know, couple of weeks whether or not you're going back to school. Some of your leaders have already decided you're not going back to a brick and mortar situation. And you need to be starting to prepare for next year. And guess what? You may not start school on time in a brick and mortar situation either. So the more that you can get done now, the more you can start planning for every bad scenario now, 
you'll be less reactive come August and September. So getting this grant work done, getting, you know, systems in place um, will really help you in the future. And uh, yeah, that was the shorter version of the two. It does eventually blow up on the people eventually. But uh, <laughs> so what, uh, so there's no other questions for Tracy. And I'm looking to see, I know Katie's going to share about communication here because we've got some tips that was from last week. Some people asked about communication. So if you have a service delivery question, put it in the chat box so we can make sure we do address that. So uh, Katie, you got the floor. Yes, so I just wanted to pop in and share that, you know, I've been listening to teachers and parents on Facebook and other social media sites and, you know, just to kind of feel the pulse of where, you know, where the pain points are. And, and what I'm hearing from uh, teachers is they feel like um, that kids with IEPs are not being served. And then I, you know, I talk to all of you and I, I know the hard work that you're doing. So it just strikes me that there might be a communication issue. They might not know what you are doing to serve kids if, um, if, if they don't have a student that needs to be served in their class. And you know, so I would, I would encourage you to, to come up with a communication strategy to let people know that you all are indeed doing your job. You're serving your kids. And you know, like Teresa from Tillery was saying, you know, they're rolling out their, um, their online service delivery and, and getting it done. And um, our partner, Anderson Creek, they, they um, put out a video for their school community. To, and they said, you know, we are, we're in compliance of all federal, state, and local laws. And, you know, so they just put it out there and then they let people know, like, this is how we're serving people. And I'll, I'll uh, add the video to the chat when I'm done so you can take a look at what they did. Maybe you'll want to do a similar kind of video. And, uh, you know, I was listening to, our, I read an article about Prime Minister Jacinda Ahern in New Zealand. And maybe you've been hearing how she's being heralded as a model leader during a crisis. And, and so they have three key things that she's doing to, you know, for her leadership. And that's why it's being so effective. So when you're thinking of your communication plan, you could consider including these three communication tools. The first one is give directions, right? You know, so whether it's directions for your teachers, whether it's directions for parents, maybe it's directions for your service providers, but give really clear directions and then make sense of it. Why should they follow this or you know, why should they believe you? And then the third one is have empathy. You know, like we understand this difficult. And, you know, and as EC providers, uh, I know from the parent side, a lot of uh, people that I've read and talked with, they feel like all their children have suddenly gotten ADHD or anxiety. And as, you know, providers of uh, EC services, you all might have strategies that the, tip, the classroom teachers could benefit from. So, you know, share the wealth so they, they could benefit from that. Because the parent, I was on one, you know, I kind of like to be a troublemaker on Facebook sometimes. And when, you know, there was this straight, this thread going around about how this, this uh, parent who is a professor, I mean, she's highly educated. She's done with education, schooling her child for the year. And everybody on the Facebook thread was hailing her as a hero. Yes, excellent job. And I just said, okay, well, I'm just gonna play devil's advocate here. If we were in the regular school year and you decided to pull your child out of school, 
without an education plan. You weren't going to homeschool. You weren't doing online classes. Your, your child would be truant and you could be taken to court. But now we're in an exceptional time, but it's okay to just stop educating your child. Why is that okay? Man, I was hit with so much criticism. <laughs> right and left people you know and I just kept asking questions I said so what is the plan you have your child there anyway so what is the plan so just know that that is people are opting out when and so when there's you know my a really good friend of mine said my daughter is really anxious Katie so I am we're not doing we're not doing school and I said but what's the lesson there that if you are uncomfortable you can just quit is that okay and, um, and she's a good friend of mine, so I can be obnoxious like that. But just know you have people in your school community who are thinking right along those lines. So how can you communicate with directions, with meaning and empathy, so they can say, okay, I can do this. Maybe my child's anxious, but here are some tips and tricks on how to work through that anxiety. How do I reframe this activity so they can be successful? So that's all I wanted to share, uh, just as a reminder that you might be working a plan really hard, but um, you need to make sure and communicate that plan so people don't start saying, oh no, we're not serving EC students, when you know you, know, you are. Yeah, thanks Katie. And, and it's also critically important to keep it simple, right? Whatever your communication is, Keep it simple. And uh, so the three points that Katie just shared uh, was in the blog that went out yesterday. Maybe some of you saw it, uh, but it's also there at the bottom in a chat box, along with the Anderson Creek video. I thought they did a really good job of, you know, addressing those types of questions and they put it right there on their homepage. So uh, there's a sample of the video there and you could do one specifically for the Exceptional Children's Program. Uh, Steve Gay asked about uh, what about the timelines for the 90 day? There has been um, in the frequently asked questions uh, document, the EC division has, you know, said shut down testing for now. We know there's going to be uh, delays and, and, you know, we know timelines are going to be broken. If you have the information to have an IEP meeting and the parent agrees to a virtual one, go ahead and do it. But if you don't feel that you don't have the information, don't force a meeting. Um, just make sure you keep on documenting and doing everything. I think I said that correct, right, uh, Tracy? And I did have to meet you because you were you're typing away there at something so but you should be able to unmute yourself i'm sorry i thought i had muted myself i apologize no, yeah that's okay. correct and i responded to um steve oh, also. Perfect. yeah good um <laughs> brandy said uh this is this was a private question but i'm gonna throw it out there do you have a way to um organize all your google docs and i was just actually talking to someone about this earlier a group that i'm in you know katie and i have so many documents and just you know things that we're trying to keep track of i do have a specialist her name's uh, barbara hemphill and i'm happy to share her information uh, but let let us do some digging on that and how to best organize um, your drive and your drop boxes if anybody has a tool that they use specifically i think that will would be good because right now sorry for my dog Right now, everybody's using electronic communication for everything, right? So how do you keep track of everything and who has access to stuff and keep it unlinked? Hey, Katie, can you take over for a second so I can get Dorsey? Thank Well, I, Absolutely. I, I just like to say, oh, I'm sorry. Thank you, Tom. Um, the, the struggle is very real on all, I know for me, for the organization of the Google Docs, the links, you know, they're sharing it with you. You know, you're trying to keep up with all the latest from the State Board of Education to 
you know, DPI to, you know, your in-house Google Docs that you're creating for your staff and, and, and everyone. And um, so I really, you know, just to throw myself out there, I'm, I'm struggling with that. And um, I hate to keep asking people, hey, can you send me that link again? Um, I, you know, that seems like that's a, a famous last words here uh, recently. So thank you, Tom, for, for, for taking that and, and possibly you know, getting some, some help with that. I'm, I'm probably the only one struggling, so I'm sorry. <laughs> you're, not, you're not the only one no. struggling. I could, I could guarantee you're not the only one struggling because I know, and you know, Barbara actually said this. This is something for everybody to think about. You know, I was in one of her trainings and she said that the average employee spends between 15 and 20% of their week looking for things looking for things. And I was like, oh yeah, mine's definitely higher looking for things, you know, trying to find stuff we made or stuff to share or where it came in or where we stored it at. So um, it's a real thing. So there is, um, Steve Gay said, search Alice Keeler on Twitter. She's a Google whiz. AliceKeeler.com is one resource uh, for sure. And um, that's a good idea. So maybe that's some things we can look for uh, Katie too to help out some folks. But that also goes down to who you listen to matters, right? So one of the things that I got really scared of, uh, or just you know concerned, I won't say scared, uh, was when distance remote learning started to occur, I started to see a lot of teachers and a lot of parents jump into these Facebook groups and start asking questions about what's the best resource for X, Y, Z. And whose voice you listen to matters. So, you know, before you ask someone to help you, uh, make sure that they're successful in that first, right? <laughs> ask to see their Google Drive and Dropbox before you start, you know, taking advice from someone who thinks that they know what they do. I'd be the last person to teach someone how to be organized in any of that electronic stuff, but I'm certainly looking for a whiz too, so. Are there any other questions in the box there, Katie? I don't know if I see anything, but we did have a couple people who came on new this week looking about, you know, services and, and, and how they're best, you know, meeting uh, the needs. So um, I would love for one of the teachers to hop in to give a, you know, one minute overview of their education plan, what they've learned, like anything that would help, you know, some of our new uh, teachers who are on here, help or affirm that what you're doing is already as best as you can do, so. Anybody? Is that Jennifer Snyder on with us? Yeah, she's on with us this week. Jennifer, what are you guys doing? I'm going to throw you in there. So, so hopefully you can share. She might not be available. So, you know, mostly service-wise, you know, folks are doing a remote and, and they're either using a, a, um, a, a synchronous or an asynchronous model. Uh, some are just, you know, um, creating intervention packets. Um, most of the conversation that has been shared on here is about collaborating with the general ed teachers and really helping them make sure that they're, um, that the work that they're sending home to those students uh, to do is uh, supported and there's, and there's accommodations. We also talked about making sure that service delivery is not minute to minute, just like a school day is not minute to minute right now. So be very conscious of, of your service delivery time. Uh, so if your school day has been cut in half, so is your service delivery time has also been cut in half. Um, so be conscious of that. Document every attended communication. Every time you're working on 
um, accommodating somebody's work, like make sure there's some form of documentation. So whether you're using a Google sheet or whatever it is, uh, just to track. And, and once we get through all this, we'll have some better, some better information uh, on the back end for you to share with that um, you know, family member. Katie, can you guys see this just for uh, today picture here? We can. Okay, great. See, I'm learning the hard way. And I think a chat just came in. So what was that, what was that question there? That was for me. I just oh. added, <laughs> I just added Barbara Hemphill's website address for everybody. Yeah, she's, she's uh, really good. And I've asked her in the past, she's done some stuff for us. Maybe she'll hop on one of these uh, sessions for us. Maybe that'll be valuable to some folks. So, um, so this is a John Maxwell thing. I'm just going to end with this, right? So just for today. So it's really important that the only assurance that tomorrow is better than today is that we took care of things today, right? We, oh, we, we, we give too much value to the past. We underestimate uh, today. And you really got to focus, you know, you know, displaying the right attitude, making sure you're acting on your priorities, taking care of yourself through healthy guidelines, communicate well and care for your family, practice good thinking, right? keep the proper commitments, manage your finances well, right? live out your faith if you're a person of faith, invest in relationships, model generosity, practice good values. Really practice on these disciplines every day. And you're going to see compounding results over time. And that's where we really need to focus is that what's the most important thing I can do today to make sure we have a better tomorrow, right? And down the line. So um, just take little chunks out of everybody. This is a marathon, a marathon process for us to have a better 2021 year. And uh, we'll keep talking about that. How do, we, how do we look at now microscopically, but plan better for the future? Um, so I appreciate you guys taking an hour with us on this uh, Wednesday. Uh, we love you all and care for you all and, and uh, make sure you're taking care of yourself, right? Just like on the airplane, they say, take care of yourself first before you take care of the other folks. So I will unmute everybody. You can say goodbye wherever you're at. And uh, we look forward. Rhonda, thank you so much for everything you do for us. And uh, get on that call tomorrow, everybody, if you can, with Rhonda. And let those legislators know what you need, you need to serve. So love those children. Hear them out there. Right. Thank you, right. Tracy Riddle, too. Thank you, Tracy. Yeah, thank you, Tracy, everybody. Great job, everyone. Bye-bye.